Hi, I'm Cheryl Joyce Norman, author of Pushed by Pain into Purpose. I wrote Pushed by Pain into Purpose after realizing that God had purpose in my pain. Now, I'm here to share my journey with you to discover the purpose in your pain and change your perspective of it. Well, welcome back to another episode of Pushed by Pain into Purpose. You're listening to the author of Pushed by Pain into Purpose, the book. And um, we're just going to look back and hear how all of this played into my life. But let's start off first just kind of talk to the Father. Dear Father God, I come to you because you're the Almighty God and you have plans for our lives and you know what those plans and purposes are and you're getting ready to reveal it, to heal it, and to help somebody else from what I have endured in my life. I thank you for it. I give you all the praise and glory in it that my life has purpose. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So on the previous episodes that have been released, we've walked through um, looking at the story of Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus, and Joseph. And today we're just going to just kind of recap to see how do those stories play into my story. In the first episode, I was asked the question in that interview period of why did I start with that story of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus? And I really didn't have an answer. It was just what God told me to do. But even just this morning, in my quiet time, He started revealing to me just why did I start with that story. That story wasn't in my book. You're getting the real, real time download uh, info that can hopefully that it will bless your life. <clears throat> and in the first episode I stated that God had let me down. And we're going to look at that also as I explain further what happened to make me say that. We realize, uh, as we look at this, 
that the Bible tells us that there's nothing new under the sun. So if it happened then, it can happen now, and it'll happen in the future. But we can learn lessons from what we see in Scripture and apply it in our lives that will help us get along further, faster. And then we see also that the Bible has a lot of drama. (laughs) You really need to read it sometimes. (laughs) It's so much better than any soap opera or reality TV show. And all of this was real, raw, and ready um, if you can handle it. So we, we were, we ended the last episode talking about Joseph. And in my book, I correlated how Joseph's life kind of paralleled mine in the um, time that was, I labeled it in, in my father's house and then to the pit, and then to um, the, the Potiphar's house, then to the prison, and then to the palace. But in my book, I said I hadn't got to the palace yet. I hadn't arrived. But let me tell you about all the other experiences. And all of that is, is in the book. You can read that. Get a copy of the book and read. But um, God has impressed upon me this story that kind of brings all of this together that wasn't even in the book. This is fresh off the press. And he's still revealing and downloading to me the purpose for it. So the question was asked, why did I start with the story of uh, Mary, Martha, Nazareth, and Jesus? So let me explain what I meant by when I said God had let me down. And to make a long story short, it was just I came to a point that um, I was trying to stay in my parents' house. Well, actually, it had become my house. I had inherited it. Um, It was left to me, but it was in disrepair and more than I could handle at the time. I had stopped working to take care of them. I only had a small amount of income coming in after they both had went home to be with the Lord. I had been badly damaged financially and tried to manage where there had been a three-person income in the home. Now it had come down to only mine, and that was actually half. I was robbing Peter to pay Paul, James, John, and Timothy. And when it was time to pay all of them, There was nothing. But I was praying and asking God for a miracle. Putting up scriptures and fasting. 
kind of like Mary and Martha. When they were asking, sent for Jesus to come and heal their situation, I was doing the same thing. I was praying, fasting, and asking Jesus to come and fix my situation. And I was really trying to tell God how to fix it. Me, with my limited uh, knowledge, or even the uh, idea of what was actually going on. I'm trying to tell God, Almighty God, all-knowing God, I'm trying to tell him how to fix my situation. And if God had even thought about doing what I was asking him, I would have been in debt the rest of my life. And as we saw in the story with Mary and Martha, Lazarus died. And I had to finally get to the point where Lazarus died in my life. And I had to sell my house and move out. Where was I going to go? This had been my home all of my life. And Jesus didn't show up. I, like Mary and Martha, I was a worshiper and a servant. Had been serving for years. But Jesus didn't show up for me. And just like they buried Lazarus, I buried that dream of home ownership. Hey, I'm too old now to start over. My hope died. I was now parentless, homeless, penniless, hopeless, and alone. But God still had his hand on me. He had always told me to deal with an open hand. I may have to let some things go, which I had been doing that all of my life. And I would always ask him the question, God, why do I always have to seem like I come in on the losing end? But if my hand is open and things can go out, it can also receive. But a closed hand can't receive or give. And I look at Mary and Martha. Women didn't have a whole lot of rights back then. If there was no man there, um, you were just kind of up the creek. And there was no help for you. So that's why they were so devastated when Lazarus died. They were kind of in a hopeless situation and could be taken advantage of unless there was a kinsman redeemer that showed up to take care of them. Neither one of them were married. And here I am in that situation. Nobody there to help me. And I was in a hopeless situation. 
But Jesus did come. He had to heal that pain. But he was also teaching me in the process. And he said, are you going to run from me? Are you going to run to me? Mary and Martha chose to run to Jesus when he showed up. They were still kind of upset. They were still hurt. But they ran to him. And so did I. I, I had nothing else. I was devastated. I mean, everything was gone. But I still had Jesus. When he did show up, he had never left me. I just felt like he had. And he was still taking handling and taking care of everything that I needed, even when I didn't realize it. I was able to find a place. I didn't have to be on a wait list or be homeless or out in the street. I was homeless, but, and it was just what I needed, the right size, just big enough for me and to handle everything that I needed to kind of like get started over. And just like with Mary and Martha, he said, I want to show you something you've never seen. You knew me as a teacher. You've seen me as a healer. But I want to show you something new and different. And that's what he's telling me today, still right now. He had promised me years ago, or he had told me, He really actually spoke to me in a dream. And he said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the good things that I have for you because you love me. And I always, I stood on that, I still stand on that. And, but I kept asking when? That's been over 40 years ago. When is my time going to be that you're going to blow my mind and show me something that I've never seen? And um, he's saying now, The time is now. I had to get you out of that place where you were. And when you read the book, you'll see a lot of my hurts, pain, disappointments came in that house. And he said, I need to move you from that. I need to for you to bury that because then I can resurrect your dreams, your hope. Because all that had died, I had stopped dreaming, kind of like Joseph. 
just merely just trying to get through everyday living just merely just trying to make it and just really had forgotten about the promises that God had given me I wasn't focused on that I was just trying to make it from day to day but he said uh, I have to get you out of what's been holding you back I want to erase the memories of all the pain in that you endured and God always has to provoke me he has to literally move me because I don't want to be outside of his will in anything that I do and it was very hard for me to get to that point to let that house go because my father had asked me to come back to take care of it and I was keeping a promise to him okay dad I'll do this I'll take care of mama and he so asked me don't let the bank take the house I was trying to fulfill what he had asked me to do that's what I had left from him but that's not the legacy that God wanted me to have and so that's why it was so hard for me to release that because I never wanted to let my father down just like I didn't want to let God down And when I had got to that place where I was devastated, humiliated, feeling like a failure, then God said, when you get to the end of yourself, then you can find me. And I'll give you a brand new start. where I wouldn't have to be struggling. He helped me and showed me and taught me how to bring my finances back under control. He didn't give me more. He just taught me how to manage what I had and to just trust him, just hear his voice, do what he tells me to do, just like with Jeremiah. What if that's that scripture too? That I just need you to be willing and available to go where I send you, say what I tell you, and don't look at the faces. Don't worry about how you look to people. Nothing you do is going to satisfy them anyway. And he's saying the same thing to you. Go where, be obedient to what God is um, telling you and what he's leading you to. Yeah, don't worry about what you look like. Don't worry about how they feel or what they think about you. 
but I have to get you from that place. That place where you let let everything go and let the pain kind of rule. But I want to show you that there is a better way because I can resurrect all of the good things that I have for you that you let die or that you buried and forgot about all the promises that I had given you that I hadn't even thought about in years. But I have to get you out of that place. And it was kind of hard at first. I, you know, I would drive by and I, I really kind of had hopes that God would give it back to me. But he says, no. I have something better for you. And when I came to that realization, as I always did whenever loss came into my life, God got more and better for me. His words say, if I give up houses, land, mother, father, and all of that, that he'd give it back to me a hundredfold. So I had to go back to standing on that on that promise and come out of the devastation that I had felt and know that and he is showing me because if I had stayed there struggling and uh, in so much despair this book never would have got written because I was still dealing with it, with all the pain. But I was up under so much other pressure and I wouldn't have never written a book. I wouldn't have even thought about writing a book. But now he's given me so much clarity that and the things that I've been through that now I can help somebody else get through it. And I really, really, really thank him for it because he was showing me now there's purpose in it. Because when the people around you saw you go through all of that and you didn't let it just last for a minute just like you did with uh, Lazarus you didn't come within the three days that it couldn't it probably was wouldn't have been shown as happening uh, because people would say well it wasn't really dead but when you let it go on and I was like wondering like why why are you gonna fix it and you say no the people around you need to really know that it was dead. They saw you go through that devastation. They saw you go through that hurt. They saw you go through that disappointment. They might have talked about you. They might have laughed at you or, you know, someone might have pitied you, but I kept going. I kept serving. I kept worshiping. 
And a lot of them probably wasn't wondering, well, how is she doing well of that? Well, God can do the same thing for you. He's just using me as an example to let you know it's possible. But also, they all had to know that my situation was dead. And that he is coming as the resurrection and he has, he can resurrect all of those hurtful things that I had buried and all the dreams and goals and the promises that he was going to resurrect them and he was going to do it in front of them and let them see so that then those that are around will know him differently. I like to introduce people to Jesus. I like for them to see him in a different light, but I didn't know God was going to do it that way. <laughs> to show them that God can bring you back from devastation, from disappointment, from loss, from hopelessness. You don't have to consider suicide because there is an answer. And Jesus is that answer. And where I thought it's over for me, too old for that, then I can look back in scripture and see where he told Sarah, I can even resurrect your body and even Abraham's body because you're going to have, you're going to bear that son that I promised you. And when she laughed about it, you know, I say, why are you laughing? You really think I can't do it? Is there anything too hard for God? Yeah, I felt that way too. After all these years, all the things that I've lost, all the things that I had to endure, all the abuse, misuse, Would you actually do that for me? And he said, as long as you don't get weary in your well-doing, you'll reap, you'll get it, it'll come. But just don't move unless I tell you to move. Don't get out of position. But then you also have to look at when we looked at Joseph, Joseph was put in different situations, not by his choice. But you don't see him complaining. You don't see him uh, kicking and screaming. He just went with the flow. In every area of my life, I've just had to deal with it to get to the next place. There's been a lot of 
valley, pits. People, you know, just kind of throw you away. You're not worth much. But God still has a plan. And he provides the transportation for you to get from one place to where he's taking you. We may not like the transportation, but he's going to get us to where he wants us to be. And even in that, that he, um, he's going to, his hand is still on us and he elevates us at every juncture that we do well wherever we're placed. People will notice mm, something about there, something about them, something about her. And then um, Joseph excelled and prospered in everything he did and everywhere God placed him just as evidence that God's hand was on him. I talked about Joseph's coats. His coat that came from his loving daddy. Um, his brother stripped that off of him as evidence that he was dead. And then when he got to Potiphar's house, he had another coat. He excelled there. He did well for Potiphar. And Potiphar gave him dominion over everything that he had. But that coat got stripped off of him as evidence of his guilt. And he was um, imprisoned for a crime he didn't commit. And a lot of times, you know, you get traumatized and labeled for crimes you didn't commit. But we see Joseph still went on to prison you don't see him having court cases and all this trying to prove his innocence. And I did the same thing. Whatever they say, okay, God's going to show you to be in the wrong. He's going to condemn what you say, uh, what you said about me. All I have to do is wait on him. And we see Joseph being hated, despised, rejected, favored, lonely, thrown away, and wrongly accused. And when you read the book, you'll see all of that. But he went through all of that to be elevated higher each time. This time, by the time he got to 
um, the palace, there was a problem that only Joseph could solve. And he was called out of prison and had to change his clothes. And that's what God was doing with me in that house. He said, you've been imprisoned by what you endured or what you felt in that house. And it's time for you to come out of that. Change your clothes, change your way of thinking. Take off all of that bondage that has that you've been carrying around with you and let that go. And you know, I felt like a bird that had escaped from the snare of the fowler. It has still hurt that I had to leave the house, that house. But as he was revealing to me, even just this morning, there was a purpose in it and healing also. And I can see it now. And then as he came out of the prison and changed clothes, then um, part of the, the Pharaoh in um, Genesis 41, verse 41, it says, So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Here we see this last coat that wasn't stripped from him but put on him as evidence of authority. And I see now where God changed my clothes. I wasn't the poor pitiful girl from Blue Ridge or Sunnyside. that um, that um, didn't go to college. There was a messed up girl who doesn't have any letters behind her name, has a speech impediment, and had been silenced for years and told she didn't have any, any worth or anything to say. That was a value. Who had been overlooked, abused, set aside, and forgotten. 
He gave me a voice. And he gave me the words to put in a book. But now, he's given me a voice that he's given me this platform. Wasn't expecting that. I didn't see this coming. But that's just how God is. And he said he would blow my mind and he would show me things that I never would have thought of. And I see that coming to pass now. You know, um, when I was a, a young girl and I heard the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, how God used her because she was a virgin, I thought that disqualified me. There was no way God could use me. Who was I? Nothing of significance. But you know what I discovered? That Mary had to be a virgin to fulfill her assignment. She was to give birth to Jesus, so she could not have known a man. And then there would not be any contamination or seed of doubt that man had anything to do with his birth, that it was all God. So that assignment called for a virgin. And she was also of the lineage of Jesus. But what I found out, every assignment did not call for a virgin. And when I look at the genealogy of Jesus, God used a whole lot of messed up people, imperfect and questionable in the lineage of Jesus. Sometimes he used a prostitute, Rahab. Sometimes he used a foreigner, Ruth. Then I realized that God could still use me, and he can use you. Because what has happened in my life and your life did not disqualify you. It just prepared you for the assignment. So, I hope in me sharing my story, a little bit about my story, that it will help you see your story in a different light. And I hope you ask God, your Father, to reveal your areas of hurt, pain, scars, and resentment. My prayer for you is that you will then show him where you buried it and uncover it to him. I promise you, he can heal every area, reverse every curse, and restore everything you lost. 
You just need to know someone cares and loves you. And God does love you and he cares about you. You're still here because God has had his hand on you. God had his hand on me. And I'm still here. I didn't lose my mind. And you have to remember and look at, he didn't cause this. He didn't cause the pain and the sufferings and all that you might have went through. But he will use it. And use that pain to push you to purpose. Dear Father, God, I pray healing from all past hurts that have left deep scars and wounds in your children's lives. I pray chains, bondages, feuds, generational and word curses be broken off of their lives now and that they will not be passed down to another generation. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Yeah.